Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have returning guest, Teresa Grobecker, who is equity partner at U.S. Capital Global, an investment bank, and also the CEO of a real estate technology company, Real Estate Consortia. On this week's Cyber Tip, I'll be talking about how to keep your computer systems safe. So don't go away. So in this week's tech news, Uber and Lyft drivers are striking. So if you're not able to get that ride you need, that could be the reason why. They are citing both post-IPO from Lyft and pre-IPO from Uber that these drivers feel like they've contributed a lot to the success of these companies, but won't be sharing in the potential billions in profit and in profit taking once these companies' stock increases. Uh, This is happening throughout the world, not just the United States where there's 10 cities, but also in London, Melbourne, Australia, etc. And they're now asking that customers join in the strike with them. Hackers stole over $41 million worth of Bitcoin from Binance, one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. As we often discuss, no one's hacked the actual algorithm or the Bitcoin itself. They're actually stealing it out of less secure exchanges and wallets. Uh, There's a lot of consternation because at this point, it's estimated that almost $2 billion of value have been stolen from crypto exchanges between 2017 and 2019. There are many calls for companies like Binance and all other cryptocurrency exchanges to safeguard and increase their information security because of how easy it seems to be for these attacks to occur. On another cryptocurrency news, Facebook has rolled back its ban on cryptocurrency ads. That might be because Facebook is planning to have their own cryptocurrency. So what they're allowing for now is blockchain as a technology. Those ads will be allowed. And finally, you might be hearing a lot about automation and that it's threatening people's jobs. Uh, One example of this is that Amazon has announced that they are creating robots to load and unload 18-wheelers. And this is something that definitely is um, in order to increase margins and to uh, avoid workers' compensation, those kind of things. Um, Two types of technologies that are being tested already is Honeywell has a robot that basically looks like a giant conveyor belt on wheels and they grab packages. And Siemens um, has a slightly different approach, which is actually installing a conveyor belt onto the floor of a truck. Uh, So I'm sure there'll be a lot more instances of automation coming. And so people should really be thinking about if they have that type of a job, how would they pivot to a new career in the future? And that's the Tech News of the Week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I have returning guest, Teresa Grobecker, who's an equity partner at U.S. Capital Global, an investment bank with offices in the U.S., the U.K., and India. And Teresa also is the CEO of a real estate technology company, Real Estate Consortium. Welcome back, Teresa. Thanks for having me, Keith. 
So first I want to say congratulations for two things. One, um, since you were last on our show in December, talking about Real Estate Consortia and U.S. Capital, you've become an equity partner. So that's great. Thank you. And also, uh, throughout the show today, we're going to talk about all the successes that Real Estate Consortia is getting in the real estate industry and all the exposure and awareness. So let's jump right into it. That's great. Thank you. So just as a refresher, what is Real Estate Consortia? Real Estate Consortia tracks the world's relationships, starting with real estate referrals using blockchain. And uh, I think it's a good point to bring up as a constant reminder that blockchain as a technology can be mutually exclusive from what people mostly think of blockchain as a cryptocurrency. So Bitcoin and Ethereum as cryptocurrencies, which is a lot of press about. Um, in this case, we're talking about blockchain as a technology and the block- uh, blockchain technology is powering real estate consortia. That's correct. And Real Estate Consortia uses blockchain because we see the advantages of the distributed title ledger um, and distributed ledger technology. However, if in 10 years from now, blockchain is no longer popular and cool, we're happy to pivot to what best suits our needs in the technology space. Great. So when we talked about Real Estate Consortia, what was the hypothesis when the team formed in order that this was a a problem that needed to be solved for? Absolutely. So when Real Estate Consortia was formed about a year ago, we saw that the data in the United States regarding real estate title and all of the relationships on the back end of a piece of real estate was very fragmented. And the reason for this, if we want to take a walk down history lane, is anything that Her Majesty touched as far as property in any part of the world, it's really well documented in a great registry. As we all know, the United States said no thank you to all of that. And so what we have is a system of power where the counties record the property information because it's all about state rights and having representation in your in your domain where you live, right? So Real Estate Consortia understands, especially since I'm a real estate broker and I'm also a mortgage broker, I know how fragmented these different silos of information are. Um, And there's a way to better aggregate the data in a single source of truth. And the distributed ledger technology really spoke to me as uh, as an enterprise user. Yeah, to me as well. I think a blockchain is technology. So once again, parking the cryptocurrency thought that you can have a system that, if implemented correctly, creates a trustless transaction system so that I can do business with anyone, anywhere in the world, without worrying that I'm actually going to get, via a smart contract, I will get what I was promised. Absolutely. So Real Estate Consortia decided to really get laser focused on a specific part of the real estate industry that is a black hole of data, and that is actually real estate referrals. So if I send a referral to Palm Springs, for example, I have no idea if the deal has closed. So in real estate, this is a $20 billion problem. A great agent should be earning 12 to 30% of their commissions through referrals. And right now, there is no technology that tracks that. That's shocking because the real estate industry is is um, very well established. And so hearing that the industry has not tried to solve for this, or maybe they have tried to solve for it, but there hasn't been an effective way of solving it, is, is really quite surprising. 
It really is. And the the more I talk to strategic partners in the real estate space, the more I learn that people have been trying to figure this one out. And I think the timing is really perfect because of blockchain technology that we're able to create a black box of data and we're incentivizing people. So I'm a big believer in follow the money. So you follow the money in real estate. The realtors are pushing to get paid, right? We're trying to close our deals. Um, and so it's a it's a really practical way to apply the technology. Well, thanks. Thanks for kicking off the show. I did want to mention that Teresa will be speaking at the 2019 San Jose Smart City Conference. It's free to the public. It's May 31st, all day at San Jose City Hall. Come to svin.biz for more information. And you can find out more about what Teresa's talking about, especially if you're in the real estate industry. If you ever want to reach me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Keith Koo, or on Facebook, KeithKoo.sv. And if you have any questions or comments about Real Estate Consortia or about U.S. Capital Global, you can also email us at info at svn.biz. And we'll be right back with more of Teresa Grobecker. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Joined with returning guest, Teresa Grobecker, equity partner at U.S. Capital Global, an investment bank, and also the CEO of real estate technology company, Real Estate Consortia. Welcome back, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me, Keith. So this week's question, which I'd love Teresa for you to answer, is how does blockchain actually help in a referral process? Thanks, Keith. That's a great question. So in this instance, blockchain is a distributed ledger. What that means is it's a record-keeping system that allows multiple parties to access the data and to write the data into the system. So for Real Estate Consortia, we utilize blockchain technology by incorporating all of the parties who are native to a referral transaction. So in real estate, what that looks like is there's a referring broker, there's a referring agent, there's a recipient broker and a recipient agent, and then there's a client. And so in this instance, the asset is the referral. How do we verify that a service, a non-tangible asset is real? We're verifying all of the parties that are part of this transaction. Thank you. So just a little bit further into the question that you just answered, Teresa, how does a blockchain help in referrals? I think this is a, a very common business problem that we believe that a, a lot of what we do is based on relationship. And so you come to some agreement that I'm going to help you out and I'm going to get a referral for that. And then for whatever reason, misunderstanding, outright fraud, that people balk at that. So I think it's also good to add to the explanation that uh, when you have a system based on distributed ledger technology blockchain as, as for the system, that once you encode the payment instructions on a smart contract, once all the parties involved do what they're supposed to do, then that payment can occur. Absolutely. So the real estate consortia system, not only does it track the referral start to end, but we're building out the settlement process. So I'm a real estate broker in San Francisco. I started my firm from scratch. We were the first online broker in San Francisco. So this is a product of the School of Hard Knocks. And as a real estate broker, I know how hard it is to track down a referral check if I get paid, 
right? If that check comes into my office and lands on my desk, now I'm going to spend the next hour of my day trying to figure out for which deal and which agent it came from. And it's not just me as a small boutique independent. I recently heard that a really well-named brand real estate firm, you would know their name if I mentioned it, and I'm not going to. They have 400 agents in their office. And this group of 400 agents, if that agency receives a referral check, there's an email that goes shotgun out to everyone. Hey, are you missing your referral? (laughs) (laughs) To all 400? To all 400 agents. That seems inefficient. It is. And I think in this day and age, there's a better way to be tracking this to make it easier And it's not just a matter of ease and getting paid. It's not just the money, but it's building trust in a market where we can just function as independent people all the time. But what we're doing here is we're building a line of sight so that we can build trust between parties. Um, Because we're increasingly living in this global community where people are very transient, Somebody moves from Boston to San Francisco, you know, it takes a week for them to move and poof, they just set up life here. Well, what comes with that? It's there has to be trust. Who's going to steward that relationship as this person relocates their whole life? If I'm a realtor in Boston, I want to make sure that I'm sending my client to someone who's really going to take care of them in San Francisco. And if I have a way to record keep this new relationship and I know that, then both parties are going to act with the utmost honor because they know that they're being tracked. Yeah, and that that's a really good point, uh, especially with the anyone who's ever gone through a real estate transaction knows the complexity involved with all the paperwork involved, and and that's really where the realtors help in that process beyond just doing you know here's a house for sale, and I'm a buyer and a seller. It's helping through that entire process. That's how you really um, earn your keep, and so it becomes so important with a, an industry like real estate where however many transactions happen for the average agent throughout the year that they have confidence that the counterparty is going to come through for them. So you've been a returning guest. We talked a lot about Real Estate Consortium back in December, and people should download the podcast to hear the whole story. But I wanted to talk about some of the recent successes because what started off as your passion to solve for this situation in the real estate industry is now actually getting a lot of um, attention from the real estate industry itself. The NAR, or National Association of Realtors, uh, and congratulations for this as well, you've been accepted into their incubator reach. So let's go through how that all came about. Yeah, thank you for the kudos. I really appreciate it. So when we had this idea for Real Estate Consortia last year, where we were creating a title token for every piece of property in the U.S., one of our named objectives was to track the referral. And not only that, but as we were talking to industry players or just people in maybe like the technology space, pure technology, people were saying to me, you know, Teresa, you could just really knock out that real estate agent because that process is inefficient. Going to what you said, right? Like the process is, it, it, it's kind of awful in some ways to buy a piece of property or sell a piece of property. And I don't know if it's just because of all the paperwork we have, we have to do or the emotional contingencies that go with it, right? However, when I heard that, I thought, you know, real estate and being a realtor is about building community. And I have two little boys and they're really good at real estate, right? And when I go to my manager's council meetings, I go, you know, I want to make sure that this table of realtors still exists 
in 20, 30 years from now, if my kids even want to touch real estate, there's a good chance they're like, no, thanks, mom, that industry sucks, right? But if they want to be part of it, I want to make sure that there is a place for them and for the next generation of real estate agents and more of our realtors to come to the table. So as we built this product, this is a long way to answer your question. Um, I said, I'm making something for realtors to do their business better. And within one year, NAR is sitting on my cap table. So to me, that's it's really cool that I built something where I think I understand the industry, but they came in and said, you know what, this is actually applicable uh, to some of the needs that we have in real estate. And explain what does that mean for NAR to be on your cap table? <laughs> so to be part of um, NAR, uh, to be part of the REACH program that they sponsor every year, that means that we beat out 1,150 other companies to be one of the eight that was chosen. Right. And that's like a 0.06? Yeah, it's 0.06% of all applicants were accepted. Um, and so it's a matter of uh, getting really good guidance from the leaders in the industry. NAR is the largest trade organization in the world, and they're the second largest lobbying organization in the United States. That is really awesome. Um, so what, because you're on stage every year, what are some of the other speak engagements, people have been asking you to talk about it, not just in the real estate industry, but also to explain blockchain as a technology. What are some of the other forms you've been part of? So uh, last week I spoke at Rezo. Rezo is the real estate standards organization. They were set up by NAR and then they were spun off as an independent organization. So if you've ever looked up a piece of property online, like let's take Zillow, for example, you're looking at data that is usually originated from an MLS. An MLS is a multiple listing service. Every single realtor board usually has a relationship with one or more MLSs. And so those MLSs, they uh, they aggregate the data about every person's home from a sales point of view because there's the county records office that keeps track of like your square footage and your number of bedrooms and who has title to the property. But as we know from looking at Zillow and all the pretty wrapping that goes along with that, there are photos, there's all kinds of information, description about the property. So Rezo creates the standards so that we can all see that information in a way that's meaningful to us um, and that helps interoperability between these different systems that then turn and face the public. So I was speaking last week um, about the new blockchain standards that have been proposed. And um, it was a great, it was a quick but really efficient talk about how to roll out blockchain standards in a meaningful way and well, a practical use. So let's get that back into that, into the next segment. So once again, you're listening to Teresa Grobecker of U.S. Capital Global and CEO of Real Estate Consortia. Any questions or comments about what we're talking about today, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back with more Teresa. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Once again on today's show, I have Teresa Grobecker, who is equity partner at U.S. Capital Global, an investment bank, and the CEO of a real estate technology company, Real Estate Consortia. So for this week's Cyber Tip, I often bring back subjects that I want to reinforce with you. So I'm bringing up patching, which is this concept that in technology, you have to keep things updated. So whether it's your home computer, your work computer, a server, it's just something that's vitally important because of two reasons. One, 
technology changes constantly, so a Microsoft update, and you need to keep current to keep your computer from crashing. But more importantly, too, is that a lot of the fixes for malware and other malicious actors come in those updates. So the Department of Homeland Security, the DHS, they actually stated this week that federal agencies need to patch their vulnerabilities faster. So there's a new directive called Binding Operational Directive BOD-1902. And it says that all IT departments and federal agencies must patch their software and vulnerabilities, which are deemed critical, within 15 calendar days. And if it's less, then it has to be done within 30 days. Sadly, uh, a number of experts say that this, even though it sounds daunting, 15 to 30 days, it's still not fast enough with the recommendation that especially our government's system should be two to five days. So um, chief information officers, CIOs, and chief information security officers, CISOs, they are now under federal mandate in their federal agencies to keep up with this uh, patching of their vulnerabilities. And if they don't, there are actually penalties um, and the careers that are on the line. It's said that this directive has been long overdue. It's been years in the making. And so this is a reminder that we hear about large companies, even supposedly the best security technology consulting firm in the world, Deloitte, having their breach about a year ago. Accenture, another consulting firm, um, Microsoft itself having vulnerabilities. It's this reminder that if the largest companies and federal agencies cannot stay on top of their patching, what hope do you as an individual, as a business owner, have without getting that type of help? So in terms of my consulting from Guardian Insight Group, we always have the ability to bring in partners that can help you do those type of risk assessments and keep your systems up to date. If you have any questions or comments about this week's cyber tip, email us at info at svn.biz. And that's the cyber tip of the week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, joined with Teresa Grobecker, who's the CEO of a real estate technology company, Real Estate Consortia. Their website is R-E-C-O-N-S-O-R-T-I-A.com. And she is also an equity partner in U.S. Capital Global, an investment bank. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me. So I think a fun fact that we did not mention in the earlier segments is not only are you a mortgage, bro- a real estate broker, but you were also the first to accept an unlimited amount of Bitcoin in California. That's right. Yeah. I was the first real estate broker to figure out how to move unlimited amounts of Bitcoin into fiat to purchase real estate. And if you're just tuning in, we've talked about it uh, a couple times today that our real estate consortia, the company that Teresa is the CEO of, is a blockchain technology company, a real estate technology company. We're not focused on cryptocurrency. And so in this particular case, Teresa has an innovative program to track real estate referrals between agents and brokers, so much so that the National Association of Realtors themselves took an interest, and Teresa's company, Real Estate Consortia, is now part of their incubator. That's an, it's basically eight out of 1,150 companies a year get that shot, a 0.06% opportunity. So Teresa, I wanted to talk about what does it take to get through that process? I think that would be very interesting. I think it took a lot of determination and just being really diehard about helping the industry. I think a a lot of technologists, um, they're looking for a problem to solve, whereas I come from it really passionately as a practitioner in real estate. And 
I've seen where it's broken. I've seen where my day can get really hard and where I wish I had a product that could help me. And so building something with the end user in mind and being able to picture that person sitting at their desk, getting their work done and going, okay, gosh, how am I going to help that person have a better day today? I think has been really helpful in pushing a product um, that the industry sees value in. Yeah. I mean, I, I recall the days of like applying for college admissions or trying to get that, you know, job as a, as an analogy. If there's 1,150 real estate technology companies trying to get into REACH, the National Association of Realtors Incubator, and then they go through the determination process, we've talked about your passion, but what were they looking for? What was it that stood out that made them say, this is a company we have to have in our program? I think it's my experience as a real estate broker. I think it takes a lot of guts. I'm I'm sorry if this sounds, uh, if I'm patting my own back, no, I really okay. don't mean to. Um, San Francisco is a cutthroat market. It does have a reputation for a reason. Um, my first transaction that I did in San Francisco, the broker on the other side of the deal flat out emailed me and said, I expect perfection on this deal. And I went, OMG. Okay, got it. So we built a product that brings the best in class solutions from San Francisco, like how we do business, which is it's we are always striving for perfection when we do a deal. And there is a reason why one piece of property goes up and it gets 20 offers is because everything has been done on the back end to make sure we have a clean product hitting the market. So Real Estate Consortia takes all of those best practices and we package that into our technology. And we want to share that with the rest of the United States and the rest of the real estate industry. Yeah, I, I think that I should make it clear that um, when we talk about blockchain as a technology, or in this case, real estate technology, that this is not a one and done. This is this isn't really a blue ocean. So what Real Estate Consortia is doing, different than maybe other companies, is you are solving first for the referral tracking problem in this industry, as we talked about earlier in the show. Can we go through an example of how cumbersome it is today without technology? Yeah. So if I'm going to send a referral to, say, someone in Palm Springs, because San Francisco is foggy, everyone leaves San Francisco because they want better sun. So if I send that referral, I'm flying blind. I have no idea. So what happens is I log into my um, electronic forms provider. I enter in the email address of the recipient broker, it gets sent out to them with the client's information on it. So hopefully he signs before he takes down that client information. I get a copy back. That form is ratified. And then it sits in my repository somewhere in my computer. And I probably am going to forget about it. So is he because he's not incentivized to pay me my referral fee. Right. Even, even though there's documentation, even though you've done everything you're supposed to do, it just kind of slips through the cracks. Yeah, as a broker, we get busy as I fill out like my broker demand forms. Um, it's only as good as the data that's going into the form. And sometimes it's just a really innocent mistake. Like, shoot, my day is really busy. I forgot that I owe someone money. Um, but it's really common that it happens in the industry. So then how does Real Estate Consortia's referral tracking system, how does that make it better? We created a few different steps along the way to incentivize different parties to jump in and help out with this problem. One is there's a lookup. We call it an escrow lookup portal. We're actually, as of conversations during this last week, we're re realizing that there are super users in the real estate industry who also need to see this kind of data. Um, so it's like the people who provide liquidity 
along the way in the transaction who need to see who's made a referral. So there's a super user lookup for any referrals that are due on either the property or the client that's been passed, or we can look up by the agent name. So that's the best case scenario is that escrow does this lookup. Even better, though, is if the agent reports it him or herself right, and says, oh, I owe this referral fee to this party. That's awesome. Uh, But we have checks along the way. And then the third way we call it the worst case scenario where somebody's been naughty and forgot to make that referral payment. So we call that the match and append process. And that's when we take one of the data sets and we send it through our multiple sets of data providers and we look up to see if a transaction is closed that looks a lot like the referral that's been logged on Real Estate Consortia. And then from there, Real Estate Consortia sends out a little nasty gram and we say, hey, you might want to pay this referral or consequences one, two, or three show up. Yes. Yeah, I, I can see lots of parallels with other industries, which I'd like to reserve till we talk about in the pivot. But yeah, I mean, I definitely see the benefits of the system. Also, full disclosure, because I am a senior advisor to Real Estate Consortia, um, I wanted to focus on a more personal level. How do you juggle both being an equity partner at a um, really well-established investment bank and be the CEO of a startup at the same time? I think the trick is making sure everyone's on the same cap chart. (laughs) So when I do well, everyone else around me does well. And it's really about creating wealth and prosperity for for everyone on my team, uh, all the bankers involved and the industry at large. So we all rise together. Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to a Steve Jobs who had to do both Apple and Pixar at the same time. I mean, I, I want to make it clear because we had you on in December, and since then you went from SVP at US Capital and became an equity partner. So obviously you're being successful in both jobs. So it's something that I, I, I really think is impressive. And then another point I wanted to make for people listening on how to maintain focus, how do you maintain focus when people who hear about Real Estate Consortia, and I can't disclose, but all these other companies want to be a part of it. How do you then decide who is and who isn't involved? So a lot of meditation (laughs) (laughs) goes into that. Um, And it helps that all the senior partners at US Capital are yogis and they teach me how to meditate. (laughs) So the way that I think about it is REC owns a core set of intellectual property. Mm Mm-hmm. So when we own that property and that IP and I get really laser focused on what we do really well and where our passion is, then I can figure out and I can sort through how to help other companies that are coming to me. Got it. So Teresa, thanks again for giving us an update on all the things happening with you at Real Estate Consortia and U.S. Capital Global. I look forward to hearing you speak at the San Jose Smart City Conference May 31st at San Jose City Hall. Go to svn.biz to get more information. Anything else you want to learn about on today's show, email us at info at svn.biz. We'll be right back with Teresa to talk about the pivot. So don't go away. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. We're now moving into The Pivot. And once again, I'm joined with Teresa Grobecker, who is the CEO of real estate technology company, our uh, Real Estate Consortia, and an equity partner at U.S. Capital Global, an investment bank. 
Hi, Teresa. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me. So for the pivot, there's a lot to talk about. One is what's next for Real Estate Consortia Phase 2, and then what's next for the overall platform. So phase two for Real Estate Consortia is to really leverage this technology about being a single source of truth in real estate and to make that data set available directly to the consumer. That's really the holy grail of data right now is how do we crowdsource and go directly to the person creating the data? So in this case, if I sell you a home, I'm your realtor, you're the homeowner. No one's looking out for the forward, uh, the forward provenance of your piece of property. So Real Estate Consortia can track that and provide that information to you, and you're given access to the system through your realtor. From the earlier parts of today's show, how is that linked together? So you start off with the referral tracking system built on blockchain or distributed ledger, and we're calling it distributed title. Um, How does that then extend to, I can go through my realtor to get data provenance on my property? Yeah, so these are all claims that we've put into our uh, patent application. So the way I look at it from a business operations point of view is real estate is a tangible asset, but what really makes it valuable are all of the relationships that happened on the back end of the piece of property. Referrals is just one part of that whole chain of relationships that are happening. Yeah, I see it as as a homeowner. um, I see it as getting your real estate transaction done is the start of um, a long-term asset. And so many things happen on that asset throughout the course of when you're holding it. I think if I recall the average length of time, um, some homeowners have are seven years, but some people hold it 30, 40 years. And you know, in that time frame, so many relationships occur related to the maintenance of that asset that this is a very powerful phase two for Real Estate Consortia. Absolutely. So in January, I was speaking at the Mortgage Bankers Association conference, and they I was leading the conversation on blockchain. So in this case, uh, with bankers and capital markets is, just like you're saying, purchasing a house is just one start in a very long re- set of relationships. So when you go to get a loan, the information that you input in the loan origination process, it's then retraded that paper is retraded into capital markets. Now, when capital markets need to go back and look at the property and you as the borrower, they need insight into what is your history? Who is Keith, right? How has Keith paid his bills? And what's his credit? And what's the status for you paying your property taxes? There's a lot that's going in there that we as consumers don't see, but the industry really needs insight because there's this whole part of Dodd-Frank that still has not been addressed. So like Fannie, Freddie, all of those agencies, they really want to know from Keith to share that information. And that's what Real Estate Consortia can do is crowdsource that data set and then really solve this bigger problem that's happening in capital markets. Yeah, What I love about this is that we talk a lot about um, self-sovereign identity. And usually it's been in a healthcare context. So we've had the father of IBM's part of Hyperledger their digital fabric on. And he had talked about um, just not necessarily IBM's hyperledger, but the concept of self-sovereign identity. Since people usually identify that with healthcare, we're actually saying it's not just healthcare. It's actually your privacy information, your private information, PII, that you have control over, you can give to for whatever reason. Um, Just to hit it home for people who are homeowners um, and you refinance a mortgage, uh, it was unclear to me that I was getting refinanced to over and over again at, at my bank because I go, it's okay because we we sold your mortgage off to another financial institution, so now we can do that again. And as a former banker, but I didn't come out of um, 
real estate, I had no idea you could do that. Yeah. And wouldn't it feel better if someone was proactively telling you, hey, Keith, this note is being retraded. And oh, by the way, do you want a better rate on that mortgage? Exactly. Because if I knew that, if I knew that as uh, every time I do a mortgage, it could be bundled and sold off like what happened in the in the mid 2000s. Um, that would have been really interesting to know that I then had the opportunity to take it into my own hands and find a better rate. Yeah. And so if your realtor is guiding you in this conversation now, granted, a realtor can't talk to you about mortgages unless they're licensed, but they can at least say, hey, I've got this note for you, right? Like our message for you in the system. You know, are you do you want to have this conversation? Do you want me to introduce the right parties to you? Yeah. So, Teresa, just with the final moment we have left, let's talk about what is in store for Real Estate Consortia beyond real estate. Yeah. So as our new tagline states, we're tracking the world's relationships, starting with real estate referrals. And that's really impactful because the investment bank, US Cap Global and NAR's Second Century Ventures that has us in their accelerator program, they have both uh, pushed me to think bigger than just real estate and real estate referrals. And that's that we're tracking real excuse me, we're tracking referrals in more industries where there is no trust. For example, as an investment banker, I get referrals all day long and I want to be able to thank the people sending me business. So how do we do that in a more efficient way is with a ledger that tracks all of that. Thank you. And coming from the pure technology industry and the also the making industry, I could see we're having a defined system to track referrals to be very powerful because it, we have the exact same issues. So, Teresa, I can't thank you enough for being on the show again. We're going to have you back on over and over again because I think that this is a topic that people, as they learn about the power of distributed ledger blockchain as a technology and how it's applied to everyday solutions like real estate, uh, more and more people will think it's a very powerful um, solution to their problems. Thank you so much for having me on here. I, I love being able to um, talk about our product and how we're going to provide a better customer experience. So thank you so much, Keith. Thanks, Teresa. So once again, um, you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. If you want to reach me, you can find me on Facebook, keithkoo.sv, LinkedIn as Keith Koo, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN. 